0: Welcome to Cocktails and Capital, the working on your business podcast that feels more like grabbing a drink with your best friend. I'm your host, Sarah Tatum, that best friend. I'm the owner of Tatum Accounting, where we invite our clients to take a vacation from their bookkeeping. In this podcast, I'm going to give it to you straight. Talking points and big tips, we don't do that here. There's a bunch of noise out there in the entrepreneur community, especially when it relates to finances. And when you're trying to run your business, you just don't have time for that. And I know that you would rather be doing literally anything other than recording expenses and logging into your accounting software. So I'm bringing you practical advice without any of the fluff, just like your best friend would. So turn the volume up, grab your gin and tonic, and let's dive into this week's theme. Welcome to episode four of Cocktails and Capital. Today, we are going to talk about one of the most frequently asked questions that I got during this last filing season, and that is why am I paying so much in taxes? So you could go into your tax season with a sort of an idea of what you're going to end up owing. And when you get your return back, the balance could just be astronomical compared to what you had anticipated, right? And for some of us, we prepare for uh, tax liability. But you can only be so prepared and depending on your situation throughout the year, your taxes could be more than you anticipate them being and you're underprepared or they could be less than you anticipated them being. And you could even get a refund, which is always nice, right? So today I want to talk about some of the reasons why you might be paying more in taxes than you expected. Some of the reasons why you could be paying less in taxes than expected, especially if you own a small business and how you can better prepare for future tax payments, a couple of budgeting tips to save for your tax payments, and then the most important question of all, if you are getting a refund, where on earth is your refund? A quick disclaimer before we get into today's episode, if you feel that any of this information applies to you when you're listening today, please reach out to a tax planner, tax preparer in your area, or somebody that you trust to get tax advice from, this is a podcast for informational purposes. This is not tax advice being given to you on an individual level. If you would like more information about our tax preparation services or tax planning, please feel free to reach out via Instagram or email, but otherwise let's get straight into today's episode and get started with some of the reasons why you might be paying more in taxes than you expected. So in keeping with the theme of the first few episodes of cocktails and capital, I want to talk about some of the reasons why you might be experiencing a higher tax liability, if you are still employed in the corporate world. And also some reasons why you might be experiencing a higher liability if you are venturing into self employed, or you've already been self employed for quite some time. To start with the corporate side of things, one of the biggest reasons why people incur a larger tax liability is because of this really exciting thing called bonuses and raises. So bonuses and raises are super exciting. Your boss comes up and you've done such good work for the year that you're going to get a $20,000 raise or a $10,000 bonus or $20,000 $20,000 bonus. Even I've heard some people get $40,000 bonuses for the year. Personally, I never got such a large bonus in the corporate world, uh, but I believe that would be really, really nice. <laughs> so with that being said, the tax brackets for 2022 are pretty much the same as like 2021. And if you are a single tax filer, if you are making $80,000 a year, you are falling into the 22% tax bracket. What that means is that on federal income tax level, and you would see this on your W-2, you're going to pay roughly $13,000 in federal income tax um, on your W-2 and on payroll. If you get a $20,000 raise or $20,000 bonus, that will show up on your W-2. What that's going to do, though, is that is going to bump you up into the next tax bracket. It's going to bump you up into the 24% tax bracket. Now, I know you might be thinking that 22% and 24%, that is just a 2% difference. And Sarah, you're talking madness. Like that's not that big of a deal. 2% is 2%. But that 2% is going to take you from paying $13,000 in federal income tax to almost 30000 in federal income tax. So it is more than doubling the amount of federal income tax that you're paying. So even though it's only 2%, if you calculate that out, it's going to more than double the amount of income tax you're paying because there are minimum balances that have to be paid and then they calculate the percentage on top of the excess. The additional uh, amounts that are calculated are taxable amounts on things like your gains and your distributions, your dividends. So if you're selling stocks or you're earning interest or dividends from your stocks purchases um, or you're selling cryptocurrency you're you're dealing in crypto uh, which is a very popular thing these days. If you're doing all of this on a short term basis stocks and cryptocurrency it may well be treated on a and not may well it will be treated on a short term gain basis if you're if you're selling at a gain and that is taxed at your normal income rate. And so instead of being taxed at 22%, you're now being taxed at 24% on short-term gains. Long-term gains are a little bit different. That can be a topic for a different episode. However, you can kind of see where your tax liability just starts to increase if you're starting to earn more money. This is why a lot of people, when they're earning higher wage W-2 salaries, they will negotiate their income packages for greater benefits versus pay. Uh, You'll see people do stock options. You'll see people do benefit packages such as childcare uh, development or childcare, um, like coverage reimbursement. People will do things like better healthcare, uh, dental vision. Um, That's why you'll see a lot of companies offer great benefit packages versus more pay. Um, Because it is an attractive offer to higher wage earners. On the self-employed side of things, we have the very fun uh, self-employed taxes. So self-employment taxes are charged to self-employed individuals at 15% of your net income. So self-employment tax covers your Medicare, your Social Security. Uh, It does not cover your federal income tax. That is a separate and ent- uh, separate tax payment on its own. So when you're making your quarterly estimated tax payments and you make your um, your estimated self-employment taxes, you are you're calculating in your tax bracket that you are based in. And you're also calculating in your 15 percent for your self-employment taxes. You do receive a credit for half of your self-employment taxes, up to half of your self-employment taxes on your tax return. But the thing with self-employment taxes is the more that your income increases, the higher your self-employment taxes are, right? And you will get a credit, but again, you only get a credit for half. So you will still owe half. And if you didn't pay enough in your estimated tax payments throughout the year, you will still owe a liability. And so estimated tax payments... And sometimes owning a business and calculating your estimated tax payments is really just a giant guessing game. And if you don't have somebody looking at your numbers and helping you with your tax planning and and your tax prep throughout the year, you can be putting yourself in a position for an underpayment penalty come when you're filing your taxes in uh, January through April. So is it a bad thing that your taxes are higher than you expected them to be? It's not necessarily, right? So we just covered a couple of reasons why your taxes might be higher. And all of it kind of has to do with earning more money. But on the other hand, it could be that you miscalculated your estimates and you did not pay enough. Could also be that your withholding was not high enough and that there was not enough tax withheld from your paycheck. So it's not good. It's not bad. It's not there's not really a good or a bad to having a tax liability. It is the fact of life. The saying is two things are certain in life, death and taxes right uh and that is just the reality of of uh living so it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. You just have to know how to calculate those estimated taxes, how to verify on your paychecks pay stubs that your withholding is matching up to what it should be. So that when you do file your tax return, the ultimate goal is to kind of net to zero. Um, For a lot of people, you don't want a refund, you don't want a uh, owing balance, especially if you're not able to claim any credits like child tax credit, or the stimulus credit, any refundable credit. Um, If you're not able to claim any refundable credits anymore, you essentially want your balance to net out to zero. That is the ultimate goal. So your withholding should be at a point where you can net it out to zero, or your estimated taxes should be at a point where you can net it out to zero. The most important question would be, can I continue to make more money but pay less in taxes? And of course you can. People do it all the time, right? And a big factor in this is something we call tax planning. And essentially with tax planning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at your overall financial picture. So you and your spouse, if you're married, um, any dependents that you have, all the ways that you're earning income, how your business is operating, we'll do projections on your business and how it's projected to go for the next year, two years, see how things are running. A lot of tax planners are will be able to offer things like wealth management, trust establishment, um, it gets a lot more in depth than just tax planning for your small business. For my section of the world, we focus on tax planning for the small business because that is what I enjoy doing. So what we can do is essentially take a look at your income projections and make sure that you're paying enough and estimated taxes that you're withholding enough. If you still have a W2 job and make sure that you can continue to work on your passion and work on building your small business without feeling the burnout that comes from that giant tax bill at the end of the year. And how do we prepare for those future tax payments? So with future tax payments, you do have to kind of plan ahead. You want to take a look at your monthly income and the general rule for Tax estimated tax payments is 15% for that self-employment tax. But you have to remember that you also would have federal income tax withheld on your regular paycheck. So you want to withhold additional for your federal income tax bracket. And you would look at your prior year return and your projected income for this year to figure out where you might be um, in your tax bracket for this year. When you collect revenue each month, You'll take those, the tax bracket that you're in, and that 15%, and multiply your revenue by those numbers and set aside that amount each month, and then make those estimated quarterly tax payments when they come due. If you are in a state like I am in Virginia that has uh, state taxes, a lot of states will require estimated tax payments on a quarterly basis as well. However, if you're in Florida, they do not have state income tax, and then as such, they do not require estimated tax payments. And some budgeting tips you can use to save for tax payments aside from setting it aside monthly. A lot of people like to use profit first and that technique with, the, with money buckets um, and allocating funds on a 10th and 25th of the month schedule. Um, If you are interested in Profit First and learning about that, we will link the book in the show notes for you. Okay, so let's say that you got through your tax return and the tax bill comes up and it's less than you expected. Let's talk about why. So there's a couple of things that could be at play here. So let's talk about some of the reasons like i said earlier self employment taxes you do get a credit on your return for half of the self employment taxes and that's because if you were technic if you were employed your employer would be covering your taxes half of your taxes and you would be covering the other half of your taxes so the i r s is treating it as if you were your own employer on a schedule c basis or on a partnership basis that's a very um uh, Layman's way of putting that uh, concept, but that is essentially what is happening. Um, if you're paying your self-employment estimated taxes, you could have ba- you could have paid more in uh, than was necessary, depending on the credits that you're taking. If you're filing a Schedule C, so there are certain things on a Schedule C return that can help you reduce your tax liability uh, if you are ending up with a overall net income on your Schedule C. Certain things like the home office deduction, which we do have an article over on tatumaccounting.com, and it's something that I've mentioned many times on this podcast already. Uh, the home office deduction is a small little uh, helper on bringing your tax liability down, but it can be super useful if you have a little bit of net income left over and you're trying to reduce your liability on that. There's also the qualified business income deduction. Some businesses don't qualify for the qualified business income deduction, but it does take, uh, up to 20% of your qualified business income, your net income, and it will give you a deduction for that. That is also, again, a very, uh, shortened way of explaining the qualified business income deduction. So if you'd like to know more about that and some tax planning um, and tax credits, please reach out and let me know. And we can go so much more into that. I just do not want to bore you guys with the details of the QBI deduction. And then there's also things like depreciation. If you're buying equipment for your business or buying vehicles, uh, for specific business use as if you own a pressure washing company or a landscaping company and you're buying a lawnmower for that landscaping company or you're buying a van for specific 100% business use for that pressure washing company, you can depreciate those, the vehicle or the lawnmower and that depreciation will go against your tax liability and thus reduce your tax liability to probably less than you expected it to be on your return. There are rules with depreciation. You have to recapture it if you sell the lawnmower or the pressure washer or whatever asset it could be. But again, if you have questions on the depreciation or any of those credits, please let me know. I'd be happy to explain it and get into it with you guys. On the personal side of your return, There are things like retirement credits if you're contributing to an IRA or a 401k at work, or if you're military affiliated, if you're contributing to the Thrift Savings Plan, you're eligible for retirement credits there. All those retirement credits and other credits, though, they do have income caps to them. So if you're reaching a specific level of income, whether you're filing a single return or a married filing joint return, married filing single, head of household, whatever your filing status is they all have income caps to them. So you do have to be aware of what your, your income is uh, getting to and if you're still going to be eligible for those credits. So again, things to reach out to your tax preparer about makes tax planning super, super useful. Even if you don't think that you make enough money for needing tax planning or needing tax uh, preparer services during the year, you do, you really probably do. It's good to know where you stand on a tax liability scale Um, and what you can do to reduce your overall tax liability. So it never hurts to reach out to a tax preparer and just figure out where you stand and what you can do to better your tax situation. Anyway, the other number one question that I got asked during this last tax season was where is my refund? So the, the best thing to do when wondering where your refund is because the IRS is still working at pretty much the slowest speed that they can, but staffing shortages and... A very large backlog and they are working through it so bless them for their efforts um, the best thing that you can do is go to irs.gov and click where is my refund and check the status of your return check your refund and do not request a paper check a paper check will take forever to get to you if you can do a direct deposit and that will be the fastest way to get your money back from the IRS. A paper check will take forever. Uh, If you have a tax liability owed, I would also do a direct debit with the IRS. Do not do a paper check that way either, as it may just get lost in the mail and you might not get credit for payment. So thank you guys so much for listening and bearing with me through my travels as we figure all this out with the podcast and recording. I really appreciate you guys and your support. And I will see you guys next Wednesday. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and follow Tatum Accounting on Instagram. You can also do us a huge favor by leaving a review. It's the best way to support us. Let's catch up next week, same time, same place.